Well, hello, Faith family. Um, I'm Daniel Hurd, one of the pastors here, for those of you who know us all. And uh, joined with me on this panel uh, is Tim Tiffner and Mike Workman. And so uh, we covered 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 today. The sermon title was Arm Your Mind to Follow Christ. And we had two main points. Make a definite break with sin and then expect pushback from those who love sin. So we're going to just jump right in. Mike, I'm going to start with you. How are you ministered to through the preach word today? Well, any time, at least for me personally, when I hear, I need to hear about my sin. Because yes. I'm very, very easily, uh, I can justify what I do mm-hmm. and put a put the little sugar coating on it. And then, you know, ultimately it's not really sin. So you know, that, I think that would be the first thing today that, that, it ex- even though it may not seem like a blessing, it is because it ex- it makes me do a self-examination back there in the chair mm-hmm. about, Mike, where, where are you struggling with sin? Not struggling, where are you giving in to temptations or, mm-hmm. or this type of thing? And, and how, um, what's your, you know, I even asked myself back there, what's your repentance like, uh, mm-hmm. life like this week? And um, and then so at the very end the the when we he talked about the Christian legalism, uh, or you know how we can if we're legalistic how we can look at that, but also the defeated Christian, uh, yes. and, and the just going into confession and, and uh, repentance and that type of thing. So it was just a, it was a good time for me to hear sin preached, do a self examination. Uh, yeah. That. No, thank you. Tim, I'm going to ask you the same question. How are you ministered to through the preach word today? I was reminded again of the importance of arming ourselves mentally, myself mentally, mm. with the right attitude, certainly towards sin, but for me, even more importantly, towards suffering. Yes. Having the same mind that Christ did and expecting that. Um, not bringing it on through bad actions, but in a godly lifestyle of holiness, you should expect suffering because Christ suffered. Mm-hmm. And it is an affirmation of your faith, genuine faith. Mm-hmm. That's what blessed me. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, and I, I, was, I was helped by just, uh, it, it was said in the sermon, and sometimes you just have three seconds. <laughs> You've got three seconds to how am I going to react or, or respond to whatever is happening, whether it's a temptation or a suffering trial. Yeah. And, and it just, it, it compels us to exactly what you're saying. Expect, we, we must expect uh, suffering. Okay. Our second question I want us to, to answer is why is it important to make a definite break with sin? Mike. So this, we have this, issue with how serious are we going to take personal holiness mm-hmm. and um, because we are called to holiness and we understand as believers what sin is and, and I don't you know I hate to borrow from John Owens but we need to constantly be killing sin mm-hmm. in our life mm-hmm. the 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 verbiage that he uses is military verbiage through here, isn't it? Arm yourself. Uh, even Kyle said something, I wrote it down, is basically have a militant attitude or t- thought process towards sin. Yes. And so it is a, it's an active, it should be an active part of what we do 
you know, we can say daily, but I know what Mike Workman needs to do it hourly. Finding that sin. The reason that it, I think we, we struggle with it, it's, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? I have to do a, a very deep self-examination asking God to reveal where that sin is. Because the, the, the truth is is that I coddle it, don't I, most of the time, or I hide it, and like we talked about, I, I, glossed it, I gloss it over. So uh, to, to not do that, to, be, to have sin in my life that I coddle, fondle, put over in the side, what does that say about my Savior? You know, hmm. he died for that sin. He died for that sin to uh, to make me righteous in, in front of God. You know, um, and so for me not to to um, to deal with that is a slap against the Savior. Hmm. I have to remind myself. That's the way I look at it. Yes. Yes. No. Thank you, Tim. Why is it important to make a definite break with sin? Well, that's uh, our ultimate end. As believers, we're going to cease from sin one day. But that's not something to just be anticipated sometime in the future. It's our goal now, is to have that as a, a definite break with sin. And what the text here, and as it was laid forth this morning, um, blessed my heart with, is God uses suffering to help us cease from sin because it focuses back on Christ. Mm and what he did, and why he suffered. And so suffering has that dynamic, that powerful role within our life. If we're not suffering, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we can't say if I'm not sinning, something's not right. I mean, that's our tendency of our flesh. Mm-hmm. But we try to avoid suffering more than we try to avoid sinning sometimes. Mm-hmm. But suffering is what God uses uh, as Christ suffered in the flesh. And uh, Paul in Romans talks about the same thing, of how we are to have that mind the same as Christ had. Mm-hmm. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So that is the thought that's there. You make this break. As Mike said, it's not something that you accept and say, well, this is just the way it is. You want to break. You want to cease with it. But the reason and what God uses, and this is what blessed me in this text, he uses suffering in our lives to do that. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself suffering because of what we'll talk about later. Uh, it makes you way less likely to want to entertain sin. Mm-hmm. You just don't want it if you're having to suffer over it. Yes. So. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. And yes, that that's our, uh, leads into our final question for you men. Have you faced pushback from non-Christians because you separated from sin, Mike. Yeah, you're you're just going to if like we've just been talking about with the suffering or searching your life to kill sin. That's odd to the world. They don't understand that. <clears throat> and what begins as oddness, and, and Kyle, you know, pointed that out really well, tends to move towards. Um, they're angry at you, they, you know, all those things that come along with that, they don't understand, you're weird, all that type of thing. So uh, in, in my life specifically, I've, I've uh, been in situations where, and I'm not just talking about morally, 
you know that's we can play the moral card and trick ourselves. It's not that, but it's it's the the the, the I look differently maybe than some of the people around me. So they 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 didn't understand that they would believe that I was kind of closed minded in areas and, and that I was uh, one of those nasty fundamentalists who don't you know who you know living all under that, a rock yeah living under a rock. When the reality is, is that's that's far from the case. I struggle just, you know, with sin like we all do. But it, 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 in the process of killing it in in my life, it is going to look odd. Mm-hmm. In the process that I don't want to ever embrace that again. I want to, you know, hopefully the end idea is is that I hate that. I don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I run from that. That's odd to the world. They do not understand that. Yes, yes. Tim, have you faced pushback from non-Christians because you separated from sin? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking back over that, and uh, I can think back at this point in my life in several jobs that I've had in several situations of where uh, you did, I did get pushback because it's separating from sin. I remember working in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I was working in a belting factory making conveyor belting. And I had been uh, chosen, elected, if you will, out of the employees to be an employee representative. And they were going through the process of trying to negotiate a contract, but first of all, joining a union. And so uh, I was tasked with representing the employees both to the union and to the company. Mm-hmm. Well, I had Christian testimony that was primary to all of that. And one of the aspects in one of the first meetings that we had with the representative of the union is saying, look, we're going to go on a work stoppage here. And when we do this, we need to harass the company. We need to break out the windows in the front of the building. We need to harass the drivers when they go out on delivery. And we want you guys to participate in that. And uh, so then what do you do? You know, well, there's no question. I said, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. This is, that's wrong. I said, we're here, and we're going to negotiate these things and what they are going to be, but that is morally wrong. Well, that puts you at a side with people immediately. And, of course, probably each of us can think of specific things that's happened. But you do get pushed back. And the text is saying those that you won't enter into those things with them, whether it's debauchery. And I thought that was an interesting the way the text is laid out here. The emphasis upon the debauchery, the drinking, the parties, the immorality. If that is not a snapshot of our society today, if that's not a snapshot of uh, both of my sons were in the military, and it's not, not a snapshot of the units they were in and what they did yes. and how they how that they would celebrate. And so they would, you know, the basic thought was, if you don't do this with us, you're not part of us. You're not one of the brothers. And the pressure is that they wanted to join in, wanted them to join in to that level of excess. You can get that in any secular job, too. Yes. You can't do that. You just can say, no, I'm not going to do this. Not that I'm better than you. But there is a a something within us 
that we just desperately don't want anyone to think that we're better than they are. And we, in mm-hmm. fact, we'll be willing to entertain sin as long as you'll like me, mm-hmm. as long as I'll be accepted here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what he's, I think the text is telling us. That no, remember, those people are going to be judged for what they do. It's not that you're looking down upon them, but that's the truth, unless they repent and believe. And those and those that don't do that, those that live the way they ought to, they're going to live in the Spirit, and they're going to be with the Lord. So there is a day coming of when that will be rewarded. And so it's worth taking that. Put in the context of another country of people that I worked with overseas, and uh, definitely definitely were ostracized in their communities mm. if they did not go along with these things. We can't even hardly gather what that means here in this country to have everyone in your family and everything turn against you. Mm. Employment and all the rest right. that's there. Uh, and so that suffering drew them closer to the Christ. Some of the strongest Christians I have ever met had not darkened the door of a seminary or a Bible college. Mm. Never sure. will. Right. <laughs> Knew the Lord, walked with him, knew his word, and the Lord honored him. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, thank you both. Um, it, it really was, it was just such a helpful uh, sermon and, and warnings against that, that end uh, application of warning against uh, legalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I heard from a, a pastor, and he made the connection between even the, even the Pharisees, even the teachers of the law, Jesus uh, rebuked them and warned them against sensuality. And it's 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 fascinating that even in this in this text where there's it's just like the outward culture was warned of it, right. but then you even see in in religious circles. Well, what is what is the continual warning? Well, it's also it's also sensuality, envy, slander. Uh, it just um, it sin knows no bounds, <laughs> and and uh, the church has to be on guard uh, at all times uh, against these things. And and I, as the title of the sermon is arm your mind to follow christ uh, that's the that's the prayer that we have for for you faith family uh, so please continue the conversation uh, at at your home and um uh, i asked that question how how can we flee from sin uh, how can we arm our minds as a family to follow christ we'll see you next week thank you for listening to this resource of faith family church We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.